I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right. I am excited to share with this new positioning of 22 Minutes to Having It All. We have handpicked three really outstanding guests to help us launch into this platform. So out of the gates on the episode this week with coach Scotty Russell, he is the Side Hustlers Perspective podcast host, and we have a conversation about rebranding with purpose. Now, he went as a creative, just kind of on the side. He was an artist and a designer. He had a very comfortable corporate gig, and he was kind of hustling his side art and his design. And then 2019 happened. And it shifted Scotty and his family into losing his comfortable corporate gig, doubling his mortgage. He had a son. His wife was pregnant at the time. So they have two children. And, you know, this conversation about having it all. And with Scotty, it's how he built his business, right? How he took the fear of what I've just described and the fear of having that entrepreneurial life and what he did. So when he's working with his clients in his coaching practice, He focuses on these three clear things and it's mindset, motivation, and marketing. So, you know, he said it first starts out with the mindset of things, but then you get into the motivation and you take on consistent, uncomfortable, massive action right there is the reason why I like Scotty Russell. And then he goes into the marketing positioning with how to effectively promote yourself in a high, in a not so gross way. So in this episode, you're going to listen to Scotty talk about how he preaches the slow and steady grind and how that has helped him position himself into literally having it all for a very wildly successful business and overcoming the fear to make it his reality. So enjoy the episode, and I look forward to hearing you again next week. All right, welcome back to this week's 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast, where I help you up-level your skills and capabilities to easily take on any challenge that comes and then show you how to set and enforce healthy boundaries that support the life you desire. You know, we have conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners just like you who deeply desire life impact way above money. Our conversations are real, transparent, and very vulnerable on topics like being afraid of letting others down. I mean, who can relate to that? And just the fear of saying no and having it be a fear that it's going to cost you. And then how our blind spots are hurting us. So today we've got Scotty Russell, and we're going to be discussing these things and more. So welcome, Scotty, to the podcast today. Thank you, Mahler, for having me. Yeah. No, and like you're a friend in this space, you know, and I'm excited because when I reached out and asked you to be on the show, I wanted to have you share with our audience your recent experience of being a creative and then pivoting that into a much richer coaching space. And, you know, where you are very passionate about helping creatives build these fulfilling and profitable side hustles outside their day job and life responsibilities. So are you in for that? Oh, yeah. Ask away. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, so I've alluded to it. So can you share with us, you know, what you were doing 
and the catalyst moment of that pivot decision for you? So before I kind of always hung my head on being an artist, designer, just a creative for hire. You know, I always drew growing up. I was a closet artist to like my early 20s. I got bullied a lot growing up and I was scared to get made fun of. Finally, just started owning it, uh, leveraged social media to get my stuff out there. Caught some validation and affirmation early on in my early sharings online, which was so scary at the beginning. But that helped me start generating an audience, finding my style, finding my voice, really opening up and digging out some skeletons in my closet and sharing that through my work, which led to blogging, which then led to public speaking, which led to podcasting. But throughout it all, I felt like I was always climbing someone else's ladder of success. I felt like everybody I looked up to was a big time freelancer, killing it with big time clients. And then they had like their own merch that their fans loved to buy. I was like, okay, this is clearly the route and the path that I have to follow. You know, success leaves clues. So let's follow the clues of someone else's coattails of success. So I, I did that for a while and it felt just off. It didn't feel right. But what felt right was me laying it all out there in my work, in my writing, and in the podcast. And what felt the best wasn't collecting a $3,000 paycheck for a mural job at a local brewery. What felt awesome was like the message I'd get after I put on a really heartfelt podcast episode that was also like motivating and lighting a fire under someone's biscuits to like start making some moves. And I was like, wow, that felt right. And then people just started hitting me up like, Hey, can I pick your brain? You know, the saying, I'm sure you get it too. Can I take you out to coffee or pick your brain? Can I pay for a virtual coffee? And I started getting more and more people just hitting me up, wanting to ask me questions. Like, how do you do this outside of your day job? How do you make time outside of being a dad? And I was like freelancing, grinding a nine to five corporate cubicle, public speaking, running a weekly podcast. And like looking back on it, I'm like, that was insane. But people want to know how to do it. And I'm like, if this guy's doing it, like there should be no excuse why other people can't do it. You know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, 168 in a week. And finally got to a breaking point at the end of 2018. I'm like, freelance isn't setting me on fire. Doing merch online was taken away. Like filling merch orders was taken away from my family. You know, I had a son. And finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like set it all aside. 2019, I'm going to just go all in on coaching side hustle coach, my buddy helped me out. I was like, it felt so gross. Nobody else was doing this in my space. So I felt like such a huge imposter, but I tested the market with five one-on-one sessions. They sold out within 10 minutes. And I thought I was overcharging for $100 per each 10 minutes all over the world. And then I had another coach come in. And so I'm, I'm a big believer. If I'm a coach, I need to always have coaches as well. Like you're not going to go to a doctor who doesn't believe in seeing doctors. You know, so I ended up starting doing group coaching programs and things kind of exploded in the end of 2019. And I made $20,000 with my first group coaching program. I never made that much on a freelance project. And I felt like I created way more value and impact than I ever had before. And then at the end of the year, I ended up losing my safe corporate day job. And that was shortly after we found out kiddo number two was coming along the way. And we bought our house that we're in now that doubled our mortgage. And then boom, here you go. You lost your safe job. You were promised you were safe at. And so then I went with my guts. Instead of searching for a new day job or all in on freelance, I started 2020 off of like fully owning full-time side hustle coach. And things have really taken off despite a second kiddo coming to the picture, a pandemic. Yeah, it's been a, a very scary, incredible roller coaster journey for sure. And I, I love what I do. Yeah. No, Scotty, and that's like, that's just so powerful as people are 
you know, they're listening to that, they're relating to that. Let's go into that comment of being scared, right? Because I think everybody's scared at some point or around something, you know, like what gave you the ability? I mean, you have a young child, you, I mean, you're, you're doubling down, you're going in. How were you able to overcome the fear? Like you had to have been riddled with it because to make this decision, because it is the path with the most resistance, right? It's not always yeah. clear and easy. It, it's, it's extremely hard. So let's not sugarcoat it. But what did you do with that fear piece? How'd you approach it? So I would say most people are not cut out for that entrepreneurial life. Like they don't, it's, it's over glorified for sure. But for me, what I've learned going to conferences, personal development's always been big for me, like suicidal one time, personal development, like Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar's, they helped me dig myself out of a hole. So mindset, I would say over everything is what I try to coach first mindset Then I layer on motivation to take consistent, uncomfortable, massive action. And then I start layering on marketing tactics, you know, how to effectively promote yourself in a non-gross way to build your brand, build an audience around what you're doing. So, but fear for me, man, I learned a couple of years ago, just like, okay, I've, I've learned from doing things that scare me that it's never like, man, I wish I would have never done that. The biggest regret is always like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have done that sooner. And, and fear is the indicator for me of like, if something really, really scares me, what it really is, is, is exciting me, you know, the lizard brain, caveman mentality, fight or flight. So instead of logic wired to keep me safe, you know, really my gut, my intuition, my instincts is all like, Hey, you know, if something's scary, like on the other side of this wall of invisible fear, the brain can only measure what you can lose. It doesn't know what you can gain. I'm like, okay, that's where the gold's at. That's where the growth is at. So if I can like normalize that feeling of being afraid of trying something new, it always leads to the next level of growth. So it's like a video game to me. I gamify it. If you know, you've got your, your bosses, your mini bosses, and I see those as fear within my creative grind, my pursuits, my entrepreneurial space that I'm in. And so if I can tackle that fear, then here, I just unlock the next level. And that's what I try to like speak from experience when talking to my students. On the other side of fear, it's just an invisible barrier. You know, that's that's what their future version of you is trying to be nudged for. Your intuition is constantly nudging you to evolve into the next version of yourself like a Pokemon. You know, I grew up loving Pokemon too. So I'm like, I try to speak in these analogies or these silly, witty ways. I love pizza. So I'm always trying to come up with the pizza analogy or whatever it is to try and help connect. Because I'm a visual person. How can I take these complex philosophies that the people you and I look up to the most and how can I bridge the gap to someone who's maybe just trying to find their groove early on and really is stuck in their head. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you in, in, in that description for you around fear, you've literally conditioned yourself, Scotty. So like you have taken it, you know, and instead of facing it and saying it's fear, you've actually conditioned it to say, you know what, there's 40% more inside of me. And so I'm going to go chase that 40%, right? And then you're, you're willing and determined. And like you said, I mean, I want to go back to that, you know, to be an entrepreneur, not everybody is, is carved out to do it. Right. Why is that? Like, what are those things that you see in those, those successful entrepreneurs? What are the traits that you've witnessed, Scotty? Being willing to like fearlessly experiment and fail, being willing to not have people like you being willing to have an opinion that goes against the grain of the trap of the traditional system and the lack of critical thinking that is out there, being willing to not live a life of someone else's expectations, being willing to like have the itch to do something big and then doing something about it. Those are all super important and willing to do things that aren't fun 
delay gratification. That's, I would say probably that's the biggest one. We're wired, you know, caveman mentality again. In order to survive, you need that instant gratification. We're still wired that way. In the society now, this overconsumption, spend outside of your means society and become a TikTok viral celebrity overnight. People just want shortcuts. And I'm over here, I'm preaching the slow and steady grind. So it's not for everyone how I do it. Like I'm 11 years into this outside of college in 2010. The first three years were miserable, lost, depressed, making no types of money, super in debt, living at home with my parents. While all my friends, you know, the comparison trap, everybody else is getting like big jobs or freelance and I'm over here broke as hell. You know, living at, smelling like tenderloins, working at a, as a server, personal yeah. training, coaching football, like was so lost. Right. 80% of the people are listening to this right now are in that space, right? They're just not owning it. They're not stepping out and, and saying that was me. And I think that's a big part of it too. I think we deflect it and say, oh no, we're way more successful than we really are. And people just don't own up to it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're calling that truth, you know, so I'm hearing it's patience, desire, and a bit of bravery. I mean, is your personal method. being a victim of your circumstances. Like I played the victim card. Oh my goodness. For like the first 24, 25 years until finally I woke up and I got like that first job opportunity. After college, like I couldn't get a job to save my life. And I always thought it's because the world was out to get me. I was like, no, my portfolio sucked. <laughs> like my portfolio True. just sucked. Yeah. And it was no one else's fault but my own. And then finally, you know, all those three years I was grinding trying to get a job. I kept creating logos, tattoo designs, drawings, ran a t-shirt company. None of it turned into anything, but all of those little things like led me to my first grunt work job. You know, this guy was desperately looking to replace his graphic designer put on the spot. And I had like three separate people the day before. None of them knew each other. All recommended me because they just saw me existing by posting stuff online, staying consistent, you know, grinding, making things happen when no one gave me permission. And I didn't think nobody was paying attention. And they all like silent mirrors. People are just lurking behind the scenes. So I'm big on consistency. I've created some piece of weekly content, a drawing, a blog post, whatever it was going on over seven to eight years now. Yeah. Well, Scotty, the reason you're on this is because I've witnessed that. I've witnessed that level of consistency. I mean, I've seen your brand evolve. And that's why it was so fascinating for me to reach out. I mean, truly, because what you described, you've had consistent exposure. You have not hidden behind. I mean, you have faced all that you have, you know, gone through. I mean, you're having babies and you're, you know, you're doubling mortgages and Oh my God, just that in life, not an easy thing to do, but yet you're just consistently showing up and being in front. And I think that right there, you know, that really describes a lot about who you are. And that's the reason you're here today because I witnessed it. Now I want to hear your story because now I'm not only witnessing it, but I've watched the pivot. I've seen the growth. That's pretty cool. That means a lot. And I think in the beginning, I was chasing the likes, the, the Instagram features, the followers, I think what changed for me is like 2018, I went to Lewis Howe's Summit of Greatness Conference. Somehow I got connected with him and he hooked me up with the ticket for doing some work for him. I went there and it changed everything. And it's like, instead of chasing the glory, chase the impact. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay, no wonder why I felt so crappy. Like I was in it just to get big time freelance money. I was in it for the opportunities, the accolades. And then I'm like, huh. If I just create more impact and more value, the money, the opportunity, all that stuff I was chasing just has now become a byproduct and I've opened myself up to the flow for it to come. And I think most people are just like, 
They're chasing things for the wrong reasons. They don't have a driving why, as cliche as that sounds. They're lacking targets. And so like mine's evolved from like chasing followers to like, okay, how can I now change my family tree? Because we don't we don't come from money in my family. How can I create the most impact and like a rippling impact? So when I'm six feet deep in the dirt, you know, what I'm teaching and preaching and the students I'm making are now out there creating relationships and community from there and doing things the right way with patience, you know, and like bringing people along, educating, teach what you know. So I'm hoping to like my students then inspire more people who then inspire more people, which I think is super dope. It is. And you're supporting the patients. I mean, where everybody else is telling you to hustle and get there quick, what your vibe is, is no, I'm going to support the patients, the consistency, the frustration, the tension all along the way. I'm not going to abandon you. And I think if somebody would have showed up for you at the beginning and offered you that, I think you would have easily connected and resonated to that. But so many times that's, that's not out there. People aren't talking that conversation, are they? See, and I create and position myself as the person that I needed like five, six years ago when I was so lost. So I try to, from the marketing angle, like who's your perfect person, not who's your target audience? Because it's going to ripple beyond that. But it's like, who's your perfect person? And so for me, before I even knew I was doing it, I was like, I'm my perfect person. Yeah. And, And now I have a better idea of who that perfect person is. And I can give them an avatar, yada, yada. I can do talk all that marketing stuff, but don't even get to that marketing stuff until you like figure out what's in your mind first. Yeah, And I think people are so intent on the external results and they haven't done any of the internal work. And like, that's the patience. That's the slow and steady grind because we're always evolving. It is. And our best client is just looking in the mirror. It's us, you know, because we are the one walking the talk. And especially with entrepreneurs, you know, they're always, like you said, um, chasing the exterior, but it's actually within. And once you can, you know, pull those things out, then you can say, bing, 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 this is where we're going to go and how we're going to get there. And it just, it makes a big difference. Okay. So I want to ask the question. So, you know, you just validated, you know, we do really focus on having it all right. And it's that deep desire and that life impact that I mentioned at the beginning, which you just validated again, you know, that's always way above money. And so it's always like passion, not paychecks, because if you're passionate, if you stay in that zone, you stay in the lane, you create really good impact that money naturally shows up. Can you give me an example, Scotty, of maybe, a, you know, how you've experienced that yourself? Oh, yeah, I speak to this often. So the sweet spot, I think it was Greg Coleman, who talked about this first where I heard it years ago. And it's like, okay, try to find your sweet spot, the overlap of what your greatest passion is, something you truly enjoy, you just get lost in the sauce, time stands still, overlap with your greatest strength, your greatest skill set, something that just comes so naturally and easy to you. And then I started like practicing that which led me to, I love conversations. So like my greatest passion is conversations. I'm like the helper. I've always been the helper, the coach. Like I've always been that. Since football days, I was always like the captain or some type of coaching form. That was always me, the rah-rah, let me get you to take action. Like I remember in high school, people were like, dude, you should be a motivational speaker. I'm like, you are crazy. And now <laughs> it's what I do on stages, but do creatives, which is wild. So like that was always a skill set something I was passionate about and the skill set was always like artwork, design. But now that's just become the honey to get people into my message. And so when I, I work with people, I'm like, hey, let's find that sweet spot. Let's find the overlap and let's just like, let's stay in your own lane, really go deep within that. And I'm a believer in like the third part of it that comes around is like the demand, the solution that you're providing the market. And to me, like, don't worry about that third 
variable, you know, worry about these two, the overlap here. And then you can bring this extra circle in the Venn diagram. Once you've really found your groove in your sweet spot, well, then let's start seeing where the overlap, the demand is. And that's where all those people were hitting me up Skype calls before Zoom took over. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, everybody keeps asking me, like, I, I put it out there, you know, I start crowdsourcing. If I was going to give anybody some tips, is start crowdsourcing on your um, onboarding email. If you have an email list, whatever it is, like, what's your biggest struggle when it comes to X? And mine's always like, what's your biggest struggle when it comes to pursuing your creativity outside of day job and life response? Very, very, very specific. And I had this ongoing document of all these different buckets of pain points, whether it's time, motivation, imposter syndrome, getting clients, pricing. I'm like, I always know now what is the biggest overlap, biggest pattern, biggest theme. And now I realize that the demand's there because people are hitting me up and then they're providing me all this information that I can build podcast episodes on. And I, I touch on topics first. I'll put out some free content around it. If it performs well, then maybe I'll do a lead magnet so I can build an email list. And if that performs well, then I can make a small MVP minimal bio product from it. That performs well, then I can make a coaching service around it. Then I can create a video course around it. So it's just like these different levels of ask, listen, create, validate, and I just repeat that cycle. So I'm, I don't guess over here. I, I feel like I'm really in tune to who my audience is, what they want, what they need, and how I can uniquely provide them. And if I can't provide that expertise, then I'll go and find someone in the creative community and bring them on the podcast to speak toward it and then yeah. make a piece of content around it. So Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and listening to you too, Scott, I mean, you talking about doing the inner work, you really clearly know yourself. So it just rolls, right? I mean, it's, it's pure and it's got a lot of integrity because what you're doing is something that you've already experienced or you do yourself already. And so it's easy to align with somebody that has integrity, that is vulnerable, that, you know, has the playbook that you've personally experienced and you can get them through the weeds. Yes. Thank you. I, I feel like I'm, trying to always figure out, unlock a little bit deeper with inside me. So I, I would not say I have it all figured out, but I'm a lot better than I was last year this time and 10 years ago for sure. But yeah. it's like always, what what is it like home improvement or not home improvement, but Lowe's or um, maybe it's Home Depot, but their motto is like always improving. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like, that's my that's motto too, you know? Yeah. Okay. So one of the, the monumental questions that we love to ask our guests, you know, what does it mean to you personally to have it all? Like what, when you hear that description, like what does having it all really mean to Scotty Russell? Having it all. Is this like my definition of success in a sense or? However you want to approach it. Like just when you hear that, like, what does that mean? For me, it means carving out a path that's uniquely my own that I get to do full time doing work that lights me up, that makes a massive impact on people I truly care about. Sustainable, fulfilling, and I'm not going to lie, profitable. Well, it should be. But <laughs> Otherwise, you're a professional volunteer, right? right? The profitability <laughs> just comes with it naturally. If I put my faith in that department that it'll come, it will come. And I know that sounds cheesy and woo-woo for so many people, but also I'm like, I feel like you got to have faith in something, whether it's religion, the universe, yourself, whatever it is. So I choose to like place faith in something. Like if I'm working towards something big on the horizon, I just trust that it's working its way back to me. And I'm just waiting for a reality to align with my mindset with things. So again, I'm a mindset coach probably at the end of the day first. 
Yeah. No. And it's interesting. I mean, you put profitable at the end, which is no surprise. But then the other thing too is, you know, when it comes to that, we have to be more in tune with the faith's timing than our own timing. And I think that's where you release the tension and you're, you know, you're allowing yourself to say, it's not really about the time that I want to see this happen. I'm going to just release the tension, just keep showing up and just know that the timing when it's supposed to happen will really come alive. And I think that's very poignant. And yeah, I think it's right. Having it all to you, it's independence, impact, sustainability, profitability, and, you know, rooted in, in, in what you do as a passion. So excellent. Like I want to roll out of my bed and just get stoked to come into this like studio space. Cause when I started off, I was grinding on a TV tray. <laughs> like that's how I started. I didn't have this yeah. whole entire space to myself. This was a dream that fell out of reach. But I also want to say like, yeah, it's easy to say, keep the faith, but damn, I get like so overwhelmed. When I get so overwhelmed or the anxiety is like super high, I realize I'm forcing things. I'm doing way too much. I'm not delegating. I'm, I'm not trusting the process. Like July, I'll, I'll be honest, this month, I am super overwhelmed after taking time off in June. So it, it, I don't want it to sound like, oh man, 100%, keep the faith and I'm just low stress. I'm like, no, no. I had to remind myself daily if I'm meditating or whatever, just to like zen myself and bring myself back down. I'm like, okay, patience, patience. Yeah. Well, and that overwhelm, the definition of overwhelm is just unmade decisions, right? And so what I'm hearing you say, Scotty, is you've got 100 decisions on your plate and all you got to do is just pick the top three, decide on them and then start moving along. And boom, that overwhelm just goes to bay. And you're absolutely right. And nobody's immune to that. I mean, I think when you and I were um, talking earlier, you know, I just came off a six week hiatus, right? This is my first time back in the saddle. (laughs) I forced myself to take... In a two long weeks, yeah, almost yeah. two weeks off in June. And yeah. oh my God, like that yeah. stressed me out. Systems. I don't know. I don't systems. know how to stop. So, yeah. but also well, I'm so new to the self-employment. My back is against the wall all the time. I'm learning that Yeah, I can breathe. I'm able to pump the brakes and breathe. And I just need to learn to allow myself that, you know, I'm getting better. If it's not blocked off in the calendar for time off, I don't take time off. So wifey has been on me about, yes. it's, it's good for me. So that's just like something I'm learning. I'm still early in the game of doing this full time. You know, when I wrote my business plan 10 years ago, and I just put a thing out on LinkedIn about it too. It was, you know, I had the desire to have a four day work week and take 30 days off every July, take the whole month of July. We have a lake home. Um, I love to go and, and do the thing. Now I still serve VIP clients, like but the roster that has been there in condition. I don't just put those people off. Yep. I'm there for them. So I'm not like, 100%, like a hundred percent, but like four hour work week kind of thing. It's really, I'm just, I, they know I'm, you know, but, the thing is I'm teaching them to step out too, right? And to refresh and recharge. And when you come back, it's a whole new thing. I mean, here I am, I'm picking exactly up where I left off six weeks ago, seamless. But again, that's a systematic approach to it. Mm -hmm. So it's possible, you know, it's very possible and you can easily do that. So yeah, it's just- I will get there. Not, I (laughs) think I maybe, I like, I will for sure. Yeah. Well, and your kids see it. I mean, our boys, when I got into entrepreneurial, I mean, they were nine and 11. Now today, they're both grown men. Um, they both have their own companies. They're both wildly successful. And they have a four-day work week because they see that it's possible. So I think with the right training, just like anything with yep. you, Scott, I mean, you've learned and processes, it. processes. It is. Everything. Yeah. So yeah. It is. It's wildly successful. Okay, my friend. So we're coming to the close, right? People are very interested in learning more about Scotty Russell. Where can we find you? Where's your podcast? Give us some insight. 
Um, so you're catching me right in the middle of a brand reshift. So this is lighting a, a fire, a sense of urgency to make sure this is all switched over. So uh, I'm going to be available over at coachscottyrussell.com. I mean, if you type in Perspective Collective, you see that somewhere, like it'll convert you over there too. And you can listen to the podcast every Wednesday, 5 a.m. Central Time, if you need that boost to start making moves and design the life you want to achieve before you retire in your 60s kind of thing, you know? Um, that's over at SideHustlersPerspective.com. Excellent. Oh, boy, this has just been a really rich conversation. Scotty, thank you so much for sharing with our audience today and being such a stellar guest. I appreciate it. I hope somebody gets like one golden McValue nugget tucked away in here. Someone just gets rocked by something. Like that's that's the goal. There's no question. Just by you being here and sharing your message, that's a given. So again, let's trust the universe and know that that's the reality. So thank you again so much for being with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate your mom. Thank you. Thanks, Scotty. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach. <laughs>